So today we're talking to Lauren and uh, Lauren got divorced in 2021. And um, we're here to have a conversation with Lauren to hear about her journey. And as you all know, the purpose of this uh, podcast and videos is to support other people that's about to embark on the divorce process and also what the pros and cons are for preparing yourself in a better way than uh, just jumping into the divorce. So Lauren, tell us a little bit more about your journey. Um, so, yes, yeah, so officially divorced in, I think it was March this year, 2021. Um, we separated in November, 2018. I think it was. Um, so just over two years um, or, or close to two and a half years from kind of splitting. And we, I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily prepare for divorce, obviously. Um, by the time it happens, um, it's still a very difficult step to take. Um, so it obviously throws both of you and the family into um, something that you've have never been through before and no matter how much you've been contemplating it you can't really be prepared for the process so I think that I realized that there really isn't there there hasn't really been very much in the way of um, resources available to guide one especially from a perspective of how do you approach it um, with a goal of a positive outcome for everybody um, and I think what I've taken away from this process is that it is possible, um, not easy, but possible to get a better um, or a, you know, nobody wins in this kind of situation, but a, a better result than, than what it could be um, for everyone involved, especially the children. Yeah. Um, so I have, yeah, we were married for 14 years um, and we had, at the time of, of splitting, the children were six and eight. Um, yeah, and we continued to cohabit for a few months before, actually it was about seven months before we officially separated with the hope of, well, not the hope of, but, you know, in using those months to try to figure out what we were doing in terms of practicalities, um, thinking that that might be the best approach. Um, neither of us wanted to sort of dive into making big decisions right away. Um, I obviously have mixed feelings about whether that's a good idea or not. Um, but yeah, that's the gist of it. Okay. Thank you. And uh, Lauren, so in the two years that you took before you got divorced, what took you so long to, to get into the legal process? Well, you know, initially um, there was a lot that needed to be sorted out. So you start with conversations around, um, and we did have many conversations at the beginning around um, the approach that we wanted to take, but there are a lot of emotions involved. And I think what happened was we stalled many times in making decisions to move forward with say parenting plans or who's gonna move out, um, how we are structuring the finances because um, we knew we wanted to do something more along the lines of a collaborative process with mediation. But at times when we started trying to start the process, we realized that, um, you know, we were getting stuck on something. 
the first attempt at mediation didn't work very well. Um, that resulted in a, a quite a long stall um, where we were trying to, you know, figure things out ourselves and trying to see if we could go about it without the need for mediation, um, obviously trying to save money and, and trying not to bring too many people into the process. Um, but that didn't work very well either. And then we also got stuck with COVID, um, COVID lockdown sort of in the middle. So a lot of it was, you know, we decided to just take a break from things when things, when, you know, conversations got heated, we didn't agree on something, just let things settle a bit. We weren't in a rush to necessarily sort out all the, the nitty gritty. And it did seem like a long process. Um, it wasn't a very, you know, difficult or, um, high drama process necessarily it's just that we dragged our feet because of the difficulty of sort of addressing some of the issues um and i think that there was there was good that came from that because i think if we had rushed through trying to force um an agreement sooner rather than later we might not have reached the point where we were both happy that it was a fair um a fair settlement so i think we did need to take time out from you know from time to time um, in the process. Yeah. And I think that was the wise thing that you didn't consult with attorneys maybe earlier. I think so too. Um, well, we, we both consulted our separate, you know, some, somebody, um, uh, separately just to get some guidance at the beginning to see, you know, what, what, what are our rights, um, that kind of thing before going into um, a mediation discussion, but we always we, we were never we were both committed to not going um, a combative route or a, um, yeah a, a legal route to fighting over um, an agreement, bringing in a whole lot of attention. Absolutely, the wise thing, and that is what I advocate as well. As as you know, is uh, that people do that type of emotional stuff first before getting into the legal process and that's why i say that the divorce is 80 percent emotions and 20 percent law would you agree with that statement i agree and i think that we could have done a lot of things better i think we should have probably spent a, a lot more time up front dealing with some of that emotional stuff and having more kind of conversations about really you know figuring out where we were as individuals detangling um, some of the emotional stuff because the divorce discussion is not a place to be you know having those um those communications about what you know discontent over the relationship or the other person um so and that's where things get a little bit blurry because you really need to set the emotional stuff aside when you're dealing with um you know with going forward as in terms of an, an agreement around children and finances that you're both going to feel is fair um, so I, I think I would have appreciated up front somebody informing me or letting me know that what you really need is, you know, you both should be spending time sorting your own issues out um, in counseling in, as individuals, maybe some coaching to help you keep your eye on, like, what is the outcome that you're actually wanting, rather than getting sidetracked by all the, the petty little um, details that we tend to get quite emotive about um, because the outcome at the end, the end result that you want is that, you know, you have a workable relationship going forward um, that is beneficial to both of you potentially, but especially your children. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to lose sight of that um, when you're bickering over silly little things. Yeah. 
How did you deal with your anger when you felt not, <laughs> not always very, not always very constructively, not always very well. Um, In hindsight, yeah. as, as, I, as I said, I think I should have put myself in time out more often. Um, when I felt those emotions rising and say, we, we need to, we need to put this discussion, you know, aside for a little while, while we deal with our individual kind of feelings about something and then regroup when, um, when things are a little bit calmer. And how, what were you most scared about? Um, I think that, you know, fears arise between I think a lot of trust is lost along the way um, because you're in a position where you both need to look out for yourselves going forward. And I think that's where you start having the fear that you can't necessarily trust the other person to have your um, interest at heart as well. Obviously, they need to prioritize their well-being long term. Um, so that's one of the fears is, you know, I, I think that's a common one probably in, in any divorce situation where the other person thinks you know well um your ex-partner is is really out to sort of get all that they can get from you um and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily the truth so um how i sorry but back to <laughs> I've, I've lost track of what the question was about you know what was your biggest fear yeah. Um, so my my biggest fear, obviously, and I realized that my fear was what what is the impact going to be on my children? Um, am I going to be okay on my own financially? Am I going to be okay alone for however long it takes? Am I going to you know ever find another partner? Um, those are all the fears that run through my mind. Um, and yeah, but mostly mostly around the impact on my children. And how are they? Um, my children are doing really well. I think that it's made a really big difference that we have a, um, a solid co-parenting relationship. Um, so they see mom and dad regularly interacting in a, in a constructive way, um, amicable way. And um, obviously, we, I mean, we discuss you know, their well-being very often in front of them. Um, their priorities and that kind of thing. So I think that they feel, I don't, I don't believe that they feel torn in any way between two homes. They spend half the time with, with both of us, one week on, one week off. And that works very well for all of us. Um, I thought that I would have a hard time adjusting to not spending time with my children. Um, as a mom, that's really, really hard to let go of, um, of being involved in their lives on a daily basis. But it's positive because it means that they get to have a really close relationship with their dad as well, because he's also always been very hands on. So we knew from the beginning that we wanted to do a 50-50 because that was the fair thing, and not just to him, but for the children as well, because they need time with their dad. So we can both look forward to when the children come to us, um, but we also have some time off ourselves where we get to regroup and, you know, um, take a little bit care of ourselves I suppose and then when the kids come back to me for example I really look forward to seeing them um, and I'm recharged and when they go back to their dad I can also know that they're going to have just as you know they're going to be taking just as good care of there and I get a bit of a break um, so we've all settled into that routine and um, 
it's you know it's pretty smooth we don't have much in the way of of hiccups because we have to be organized to make sure that you know things move between households that need to but there's very minimum there's very little of that because they have a full home set up on both sides so you know it's a couple of special things that move between homes um so the kids feel that but well both the homes are are fully theirs to enjoy as as they need to so you say dad was very involved in their lives during the marriage yes always yeah so he was a he was like a co-parent in the marriage yes and i'm very grateful for that because it made a very kind of smooth transition for the kids firstly um and it's obviously really good for their their emotional well-being that they've got their dad um very involved in their lives um obviously he had to take on more responsibilities um that you know doing some of the things that i used to do in the weeks when he has the kids he you know fully does all the the homework and the projects and the lunch boxes and and everything we have a, an au pair who sort of helps to bridge the gap between the two homes but also just helping us both equally so that helps um but yes otherwise it's fully shared parenting responsibilities now and do you think it would have made a difference in the marriage if you'd done that um you know if he was as involved in the marriage with the kids like what he is now and had to take that responsibility then or don't you think um i think that it's a bigger issue so he was always a very hands-on and a very devoted dad but i think that I mean, I'll be honest that I think that there's a point at which parents can get too involved with children um, to the detriment of the kind of the marriage relationship or the romantic relationship. Um, and I think we both made that mistake of, of kind of letting, um, losing focus on our own personal development um, and nurturing the relationship um, due to focus on kind of our children as the center of family. Um, but there, no, so, so, I mean, their dad has always been absolutely hands on as a dad, you know, very playful and um, spending time, quality time with them. Um, when it comes to relate to responsibilities in the relationship, I think that, you know, a bigger problem is mental load, which very often falls on the woman. Um, so even when a man is, you know, around and having fun with his children and doing loads with them, there's a lot of other things that happen um, that you know we don't necessarily get much credit for, but that is very draining on on the mom. Very often, it's not always the mom, I know, but it's from what I can see, it's it's primarily the mom who, especially if you're working full time, and you're also carrying that mental load of holding the whole thing together. You know, it's that lying awake in the middle of the night thinking about how you're going to solve your child's bedwetting problems or speech problems or, you know, birthday presents for that one and holiday plans and childcare and all of those things that you're holding together that sometimes gets underappreciated by your partner. Um, you know, men, they go to work, they, they, they're contributing in many ways, but they're not necessarily spending as much of their kind of mental energy, just trying to keep all of these balls in the air. Um, so I think that if that was in a little bit of better balance, and we were both able to not just look after our careers, but also our personal well-being and, um, and have something kind of left for 
um, yeah, personal growth and bringing something fresh and new into the relationship that that might have helped. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not as simple as that. Some, some, some marriages and some relationships are just, you know, just not good matches, period, or you grow apart in different ways. Um, but we had a, a, otherwise a fairly good balance of kind of responsibilities in the home. Um, so that was not really a, a massive problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I'm taking in what you're saying because there's so many people out there, Lauren, that it's been in or is in the position that you've been. And it's so overwhelming for many people, men and women, you know, to to hold the space. It's it's a big ask for society to raise responsible adults these days and have the house as the role model of relationship and with full careers it's a lot and now with COVID as well people just they're battling out there and 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 you know that's why i'm so grateful for your inputs for women and also for men out there because so many men that i'm speaking to they are doing their best but life has changed you know i do uh, feel mm. yeah I, I i i've often said that i do feel for men as well you know because in the whole situation um men there's still a lot of pressure on men to go out and and earn and um you know drive their careers really really hard and i think that you know there needs to be balance there as well because men should men also need to have time at home with their kids it's equally important that they have a presence in um in the home and you know as have as much opportunity as women do to bond with their children um, and do some more of the fun things um, and i think a lot of men are under a lot of pressure to um to be out working and making more money um to support the family but you know what good is it if at the end of the day your relationship kind of falls apart um because you haven't been present um yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really subscribe to the idea that of the, you know, men should go out and work and women sit at home and, and, um, and tend to the home and the children. I think that there are many different situations and scenarios that can work for people. Um, but they just, at the end of the day, there just needs to be a balance so that no one person is carrying too much of the load. Um, and yeah, it is really hard. There's a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff to keep in balance now. It's really hard. Um, and it's very hard when you're focusing on raising young children to focus on um, also, also prioritize um, or think about your own development as a person and whether you're really bringing something to the relationship. Um, because, you know, you wake up one day and suddenly you realize, well, who am I aside from being a mom and a wife? I've just been, what am I working towards? What are, what's my purpose other than that? And that's when you start thinking about when your children leave the home, what do you have left as a relationship? Who are you? Um, those are the big questions that come about <laughs> part of this midlife crisis. Um, it makes you start questioning everything. Yeah. And who are you? I've discovered that I am, <laughs> I'm Lauren and I'm very much more than just a mom and a wife. Um, I'm starting to find my own strengths um, 
and, and figuring out that I can be on my own and that I can enjoy my own company um, and that there's a lot of stuff to explore that I never had the courage or the space to explore before. Um, so it's a very, um, yeah, it's become actually a very transformational time of my life to figure out who I am um, and yeah, and all the possibilities that there are to me now. So Laura, would you say that communication um, in your marriage or the lack thereof is maybe, or the space, I don't know, you, you will need to tell me a bit more about how, how did it come that you held such a big space, emotional space in the household? Um, how did it happen that you didn't share some of that or um, did you not talk about it? Did you not pass the ball a little bit to the other side or how did it happen? Wendy, that's a very complicated question, a deep question. I think no. that we, we enter marriage as very young people who don't really know much about ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, all the baggage that we bring in from our own childhood. Um, I come from a family, I come from a, from a, from a divorced family. Um, I was raised by a single mom. And so I was, I've always just seen my mom doing it all and knew that I needed to be capable. It was just natural that I was capable of doing everything by the time I, you know, I had to go and work from a young age. Um, and um, my, yeah, my ex-husband, he came from a very different family background. So we came in with different sort of, you know, views and ways of doing things. And um, he was brought up in quite a, um, I suppose, pat patriarchal kind of family where the mom, he did that and the dad did that and you know he he'd never known how to do you know chores stuff like that around the house I, I grew up having to do my laundry in the bath kind of thing so um I just had a little bit more life experience of getting things done and looking after myself from a young age and everybody brings these different things into relationships so you know, we, I suppose we never discussed upfront in terms of what our expectations are around how things will work. And you fall into these roles of, okay, well, you're good at doing that. So I'm just going to leave you to do that. Um, and, you know, you can, you can vocalize things, you can verbalize and say, I'm, I'm, I need you to help me more, but no communication. I mean, I think this is part of the problem with marriage is that we have we have this, we just taught as youngsters that we're going to meet someone and it's going to be amazing and it's going to complete us, whatever. But we are not taught when we're young how to communicate properly, how to figure ourselves out before we go into relationship. Um, so I think that I probably could have yet done with about 10 years worth of communication <laughs> training before I went into any serious relationship. Um, and we also, we married, we, it was our first relationship. Um, so we didn't have any relationship experience before getting married. Um, but no, we both could have, we both could have done so much better on the communication front. And I mean, communication in itself is just such a deep subject. Um, but yes, there's a lot that should have been communicated better um, and a whole lot more listening and more understanding and more trying to figure out and constantly, constantly 
um, seek to understand and learn from each other because, I mean, we were young and you, you're now going through many years of growth and maturity and you, you're changing constantly and you need to be passionate about learning or passionate about, about going on that journey with your partner and not being afraid of them changing, but rather seeing, okay, who is this person? It's really interesting to see how this person is developing and growing. And ideally you grow together um, and then keep enriching each other's lives um, rather than growing apart. But I don't necessarily see it as a failure. I just see it as it was a stage of life where we had some good years together. We raised a beautiful family, um, two beautiful children. And hopefully we go forward and we still both have um, some many good years ahead in the next phase of our lives um, while still both enjoying our family and hopefully still friendship with each other where we can still support each other to some extent. But I don't see divorce as a failure. I see yeah. it as it's the coming to the end of a season. Mm. And I think it's a very, I see it as a very brave thing to say, you know, we there's better yet for us both. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult thing to go through, but I still believe that um, that there are, that there are positive outcomes that that are are to be reached yeah. for both of us. Yeah, and again, what you're saying, you know, it's so valuable because the way that you guys went about it is, even though you were blind to 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 what was not, how can I put it, you didn't consciously. Um, prepare the divorce, you know, you were in it and dealt with it as you went along and then pulling back when it became too heated and then coming back into conversations, which I believe is very mature because it's, Look, it's, in, not, it's in that yeah, I mean, that people then run off to an attorney and where this mm -hmm. can turn out, it could have turned out in a completely different outcome. And we were not, it's not that we were not tempted at some point to run to attorneys, not at all. Um, and also, it, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's a painful process. Um, no, that's, yeah, you can't kind of underestimate that. It is a painful process. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of just need to be committed to the fact that um, at the end, you don't want it to be, um, a big mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what I also hear you say is that, and there's so many people out there that still very young and entering into relationships very young without the life experience. But I think, unlike, you know, basically my generation, there were so much less out there about. Um, communication about relationships about role models all that things and we're just oblivious about a that entering into relationship is like entering into almost a business relationship with lots of other benefits we just look at the falling in love part but when we enter into a business relationship, we check the person out. We do a vision. We have a mission. We, we talk about what happens. We do association agreements. But we don't do that in a relationship and in a marriage. 
That is true. But there are so many things that need to be in place for marriage. And I, I don't think that we necessarily understand all of those things before we go into it. What would you say? What would you say? I think, some of that stuff? you know, I think friendship is important, um, but it can't only be friendship. There needs to be, um, you know, you really need to have deep respect and admiration for each other. Um, and I think that all of those components, the commitment, the friendship, the, um, the intimacy, um, are all important to maintaining a balance in a relationship. Um, you know, the, when I knew things were not, were not really not sustainable anymore is when I realized that we were basically housemates and co-parents, but with no kind of, we were not lovers um, and we couldn't relate to each other anymore on that level, or maybe, maybe it was never really there. But, um, you know, all of those things need to be in place I think, and you need to, I mean, you, you've got to look forward to spending time with each other um, rather than kind of avoiding spending quality time or finding yourself enjoying other things more than spending time with your partner. Um, that's important, but you have to look out for that constantly. Yeah. Otherwise you wake up 20 years later and. Yeah, we need to do the things that need to do to, to, to keep the passion going and keep the fire burning as well. Otherwise, as you say, it's, it's, it's a friendship, it's housemates. And yeah, it's and that's not, why I say, I think, that, I think that personal, like personal growth and development and, and keep maintaining your, your individual sort of parts, um, your individual interests, your friendships, um, your passions and, and constantly growing is what brings freshness into the relationship. Um, but you both need to be doing that. Sure. Lauren, this has been a fantastic 14 minutes with you. And I wish we could go longer because I've got still so much to ask, you know, and you've got so much wisdom that you bring Thank to you. the conversation. And um, yeah, so just in, in summary, what are some of the tips that you would, let's say five tips that you would give to people that's in marriage or that is on the verge, that's flirting with that idea of divorce? Um, I think, first of all, to, I really think that individuals need to be in some sort of therapy or some sort of counseling to for the, firstly for the support and secondly to really try to understand your own mind and make sure that you you understand what it is that you are looking for um, as your outcome um, secondly it's very important and I've seen friends now who are wanting or needing to be free of their marriage but actually have no idea what's happening with the finances in the family I think it's really important that you always understand and always maintain something of, of your, your independence um, financially, but certainly definitely know what's going on with your finances so you can make wise decisions um, for your well-being. Um, and then I think that, you know, maintaining that vision of your, the outcome that you want in the relationship um, and how that's going to play out long term rather than you know, the fear of um, what's going to happen to you in one year, two years, five years, whatever, um, making 
making some sacrifices and concessions along the way in your agreement for the purposes of maintaining fairness between the two of you is, you know, it, it's more important than anything else in terms of or more important than winning on any one little um, uh, point of your agreement because these are things that are going to impact you for years um, and especially if you have young children that you're going to be co-parenting with for years um, so like you said money when we went into it we didn't know what was going to happen it was very unclear there was a lot of uncertainty and you keep feeling afraid along the way um, but you just have to keep telling yourself that it will be okay and it can be okay and it doesn't have to transpire. It doesn't have to end up like any of the other horror stories that you hear. As long as you both mature about it and remember that this is a person that you have cared about, somebody who has cared about you and that you share children with. So it is most definitely going to benefit you to maintain the relationship with that person. Um, above any sort of financial um, kind of wins at the end of the day. So um, those are my, I think that was three <laughs> biggest pieces of advice. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would recommend, I, I don't see this happening, but I think individual coaches um, to coach you through the process. Um, it's a separate thing from personal kind of therapy yeah. and, um, and definitely mediation above going um, litigation. So this is where uh, the divorce center and the divorce by design work is actually so important. Because what you've been talking about is you know, what I'm advocating with passion. So thank you for, for all your inputs and all your insights. And also, you know, I want to say the way you handled yourself in the mediation was great. There was a, you know, between you and- Not always flawless. <laughs> <laughs> Not always flawless. We know that. But Mandy, thank you so much. Human. That is so human. And uh, that's why it's important to have a mediator that can hold the space in that. Yes. And thank you because you, what you did was, you know, you helped us stay focused on what needed to get done um, and, you know, trying to keep the emotions out of the space. And um, that really moved things along and got us to, as soon as we had that agreement in place and we both knew that we agreed that it was fair and that we, you know, we weren't looking to screw each other over. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as that was in place, everything kind of settled down and we could actually just get back to the business of, of living and parenting. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Lauren Doyle and uh, she shared some beautiful tips and uh, life experience with all of you. And again, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you, we, will, we will see each other soon and um, yeah, take the conversations further and maybe in different topics. Great. All right. Thanks, Lauren. All the best, Mandy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.